Yeah. And I, I mean, I've been working on this thing for a year and a half. So if <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about, that's that, a problem. That w- yeah, fair <laughs> enough. An industry under pressure. Innovation in its finest hour. This is the Oil & Gas Technology Podcast, where sharp minds reveal the brilliance and sheer determination turning great ideas into new realities. Hear about how it happens in real life with your host, Michael O'Sullivan. The views of the host are expressly his own and should not be construed as the views of any other corporation, consortium, governing body, or interplanetary federation. All right, I'm sitting here having a look. Uh, just real quick, I wanted to have a look uh, at the at the website for the Offshore Technology Conference 2021, which, uh, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, uh, is actually probably coming up in just a, a couple of days or maybe even just a few hours. And uh, of course, this is um, this is by the way the uh, oil and gas tech podcast. So naturally. Uh, I guess I need to say something about the uh, Offshore Technology Conference. And uh, so I'm looking at the, um, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at their, uh, at their website on my, my trusty iPad Pro. And as I'm scrolling down, uh, much to my pleasant surprise, I see a video. Uh, and there, right there on the video is, is my good friend, Tony Manzer from Technip FMC, also a great friend of OGGN and a sponsor of the Oil & Gas Onshore podcast. Tony is a great guy, and uh, I love hanging out with him. And there he is. Uh, he's, he's, he's on a video. Uh, on Because I guess, you know, the OTC now, it, it starts on August 16th, I think is, is what it is. But, but it's really, it's kind of been going on for a while because they've had these uh, virtual uh, events, you know, video, video type events that... Uh, um, that you can watch on demand. I mean, they're, I think they're streamed live at some point. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so Tony's Tony's was streamed live uh, back in July tw- on July twenty first. But of course, you can watch it on demand. So naturally, I had to I had to start watching it. So uh, I had to I had to stop watching it though because I, I had to I had to stop and and talk to you. But I'm going to come back to this later. Although I have to say, um, if you haven't heard, if you, so you gotta you gotta watch one of these videos just to hear the music like. OTC is starting to pick out some pretty good, so you can hear that, right? Um, yeah, it's very peppy, very peppy music. I mean, I feel like I feel like I'm getting ready to hear something, uh, something pretty cool. Uh, so, so here we are, oil and gas, oil and gas industry. Uh, the sound of a new youthful oil and gas. I know that's probably not true. This probably sounds like '80s uh, retro music. But um, anyway, uh, it, you know, you should go if. I this, of course, the sponsor for this show is Cognite. I'm going to talk about them in a minute. But but, but I love these guys at Technip FMC, and they're doing some really great stuff. Uh, if you think of them as just the catalog company where you go and you and you uh, and you order, you know, pumps and things, uh, you know, or wellheads or whatever it is, uh, have another look at Technip FMC. Watch this video because they're doing some great uh, stuff. That and the reason I bring this up is because. It's digitally enabled. It's it's like very much in tune with the um, with the the digital transformation tech innovation uh, thing that's happening 
here the last few years in oil and gas. So, so, so if nothing else, you got to watch Tony. You, you can see him. He's on the little video. He's on the little Zoom camera uh, with a, one, of, one of his colleagues as well. They do a great presentation. Um, but, uh, but that's not what I was. That's that's not what we're here to talk about today. I do want to mention Cognite, the sponsor of this show, uh, which again is the Oil and Gas Tech Podcast, brought to you. Right here on the Oil and Gas Global Network, which, by the way, is the largest and most listened to um, oil and gas, and now energy, energy uh, podcasting network in the worldwide world of podcasting. Uh, like we're the biggest in, in in oil and gas, and now and now energy. We've got some new energy shows. Uh, not that oil and gas isn't energy; it is, but we're broadening and we're kind of embracing the energy transition. So uh, we've got. Um, so we have some some brand new shows that came out this year that are a little bit broader and focused like that, and we have a new one coming up uh, that's going to be launching. Uh, I think I think the week after OTC, we're gonna we're gonna launch a new show called Low Carbon Solutions, hosted by the uh, the very smart and insightful Joe Batir. And, um, and and Low Carbon Solutions, I've so I've already got a a glimpse of the. Um, of what the topics are and who the guests are going to be. Uh, we're going to come out with four or five episodes just to get the show started. So um, so you're going to want to check that out. Anyway, back to Cognite, the sponsor of this show. Um, and <laughs> I love those guys at Cognite. They do some amazing stuff for the industry. And every time I turn around, they're doing more. So I can't even keep up with it right now. But here is the really exciting part. We now, on this, the Oil & Gas Tech podcast, from OGGN, sponsored by Cognite, as I, as you might have heard me mention, uh, we now have a new giveaway, uh, which which our friends at Cognite are providing. Uh, to it's free; they give it away, uh, but they only give it away to one person each week. And in case you're wondering what this fantastic giveaway is, um, uh, oh, I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to find out. But here's how you find out. You go to, uh, and you don't, you know, you don't have to write this down, I guess, because we're going to put this in the, we're going to put this link in the show notes. But look for this link, and the link is content.cognite.com/slash/oggngiveaway, one word. So uh, content.cognite.com, that kind of has like a nice little rhythm to it. Cognite.cognite, no, it's content, content, content. Got, <laughs> I can't even say it. But you can type it, and you can click on it in the show notes, and uh, it ends with OGGN giveaway. That's how you know it's the one up for the giveaway, and and then you're gonna and you're gonna fill out a little bit of information. You're gonna send it in, and they're gonna do a weekly drawing. And if you are the lucky one, and I'm telling you, this is not just like uh, this is not just like a like a koozie or, or or something like that. This is a this is a useful uh, piece of uh, gear. So uh, so you want to go. Um, go go try to win it, and if you don't win it this week, then just keep trying, and uh, somebody's going to win every single week. Uh, and you know, and while you're at it, have a look at Cognite.com and find out what they're doing. We do love our sponsors at OGGN, and so we try to show them as much love as we can because they do make this all possible, and they do great things for the industry. All right, enough of that. So at this point, you're probably wondering. Does he have a guest today, or is he just going to keep babbling? So the good news is I do have a guest today. In fact, uh, he's one of my favorite new people to have uh, to have on podcasts and, and, and to be a panelist, and, and we've been doing all those things with him lately, and uh, it's been great. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the OGGN Spotlight, Mr. Akash Sharma. <laughs> Hey, 
Okay, and that gets us to uh, to our guest today. I'm sitting here at the fabulous Cannon on the west side of Houston, where the sun is always shining and the birds are always singing and the people are always happy. And I am here with. Uh, I forgot. I don't have any notes. I forgot your name. <laughs> Gosh, I'm sorry. It's been a really long day. Yeah. I'm here with Akash Sharma, uh, who uh, from Inveris, who I've gotten to know pretty well recently. And Akash is pulling double duty because you, after the, we get done with this, you're going to go sit on a panel yeah, with absolutely. us here. And at, thank you for having me on both this uh, and yeah, the panel. Yeah, no. Well, it's it's good to have people who are willing to show up and and uh, entertain the masses. So um, yeah, so the panel. Uh, so if you're you're hearing this episode. Um, you missed it already. You missed it. You already <laughs> missed it. Um, but it is it is one of the uh, the newly revived OGGN monthly happy hours, and uh, and so if you if and, and this is today's July 29th. It's always on the last Thursday of the month. So if you miss well, you didn't miss this one. So uh, but you can do you can come to the one in August, and we won't. You can uh, Akash, you can come to the one in August. Yeah, absolutely. And we won't make you be on the panel or, or anything if you be there. Just you can actually just just hang out for the beer exactly and the, and the and the sandwiches. All right. So today and and we just did recently a um, we just recently did you and I did an episode on oil and gas digital doers the other mm-hmm. show. Um, and we got into it, and we were really talking more about how people are like making progress with uh, what well, it was uh, in supply chain, right? Yeah. Digital transformation Open and supply insights, chain, yeah. right? And um, the much neglected world of uh, supply <laughs> chain. And um, and I said, in somewhere along the line, we were like, yeah, this, this, this technology is really cool. Let's do a tech show episode to talk yeah. a little bit more about technology. But for those people who maybe missed that episode, a little background uh, on you. Um, so you're now, so you've been at Inveris, which used to be called digital, digital used to be called, see, this is the day I'm having, <laughs> used to be called drilling info. Well, I mean, do you, uh, in your defense, there is one of, as part of our overall subsidiary network, open invoice, which feeds this was originally called digital oil field. Yeah. So that's, you were right on track. That's what was throwing me <laughs> totally. Um, no, I think it's the fact that I was up writing panel notes for you guys last night <laughs> at 11 o'clock. Sorry about that. So, uh, um, no, so Drilling Info now, yeah. in the last few years known as Inveris, you own a product over there. Yeah. So, but but what's your, just do a little bit of your background and what you Sure. So, uh, you know, I, I did my master's in petroleum engineering uh, 2013 to uh, 15, graduated in 16. Yeah, we had a good we laugh a good, about that yeah. last time, yeah. That was, uh, uh, you know. It's a great time to come out of school Absolutely. and right into the oil business. But, but the good thing was that, um, you know, I had already, uh, as part of my work uh, with my research, was working with, like, data, uh, because you don't really have to be a data scientist to work with data. Data is everywhere in this industry, right? Sure. And I started getting interested in it, and I started applying for jobs everywhere, wherever they were left. And uh, I had the opportunity to join Trilling Info. They, uh, you know, they were looking for something very specific, and that was the right place at the right time sort of situation. Joined the company, uh, have worked with uh, Trilling Info over the last five and a half years, working on I think five or six different products. Uh, most of my role typically goes from here's an idea, let's take it from the idea to the market, right? Right, right. And then like let's go and tackle a different challenge. So cool. worked in that space, and over the last year and a half, uh, working on uh, Open Insights which is the uh, you know analytics on supply chain information flowing throughout open invoice network and uh, bringing digital transformation to the back office the back office yeah yeah, yeah. right place at the right so i so being in the right place at the right time in 2015 meant that you found someone who was willing to give you a salary 
Absolutely. Basically, that was Absolutely. really all it took at that time. Yeah, those were those were rough times. I mean, yeah. I, remember, I think I said I made this joke on the, the mm-hmm. other episode about we call that the year of drinking lunches, right? <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> because there was nothing else <laughs> to do. All right, so um, and that's the part that I think is interesting. Maybe we could start here today, mm-hmm. which is uh, besides being a petroleum engineer. Um, you're a data guy. Yeah. Um, what's the right lingo these days? Is it data analyst? Is it data scientist? Are you a data you know, data genius? Whatever you're what, more comfortable. <laughs> whatever. With. The, okay. Whatever you're comfortable. It's all you know. It's all got to do with uh, with that. I like data data enthusiast the most. Data it, enthusiast. It just shows like initiative all more right, so I'll, than. <laughs> I'm gonna make a note from the panel introduction later tonight. Okay. So. Um, so and I so you are uh, an enthusiast uh, or maybe I, I could you know an evangelist for <laughs> this concept that has been floating around for a while, which is uh, data-driven decision-making, Absolutely. right? And everybody knows we're supposed to have data-driven decision-making now. Um, it's not new. It's not a new idea. Do we have, so you go to most places. Mm-hmm. Have we arrived at data dis- dis- data-driven decision-making? Is that the prevalent uh, uh, mode right now? You know, that's a, that's a really interesting question because, uh, you know, I, I joined the industry in uh, 16 and data-driven decision-making was becoming more and more prevalent, right? But I think there was this limitation around people, the way they were doing data-driven decision-making. Uh, I remember working as part of my research work with XYZ Company, yeah. I'm going to name them, uh, because we were looking at uh, production decline analysis and things like that, right. right? And we did a big sample of wells, and we saw that their B factor was not in line with what they were expecting, had an impact on results. Anyways, long story short, is their response was like, oh, but my competitor ABC does it this way. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, no, but the, the yeah. data is showing you an, right. a right. contradictory response, right? Yeah. So le- I, le- I don't understand your point, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> why? So what? My, yeah, that's not how exactly. Else because does like, it. and so that 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 sort of mindset has, I think, changed significantly, especially in the upstream operations piece, and it's starting to become more and more so. Because being a small industry we are a very relationship-driven business, which is you know, a great mm, thing sure. in right. ma- many ways, but it hinders uh, when you have to make really strategic decisions to some extent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so maybe, I guess maybe what you're saying is we've reached, at least we've reached the point where we want to do data-driven mm-hmm. decision-making. It's kind of like a tongue twister. Um, but maybe, Maybe we're not entirely there. You know, I mean, it's it's not like you can just decide to do it and all of a sudden. Exactly. Doing. But so let's maybe let's dig into mm-hmm. what. So what does that mean really? Because, I mean, presumably we're always using data when we make decisions, right? Yeah. Except for, I mean, even even the person who said well, that's not how our competitors are doing it. Mm-hmm. That that in itself is data. Right? That's a, that's a great point. That's yeah. right. So so what's what's new about this concept compared to how we maybe made decisions historically? I think. It, the significance and sort of center stage element of data-driven decision-making, you know, operators not only leveraging this uh, from a standpoint of like, oh, this is good third-party information to have, but like being center stage of like, I'm going to make decisions based on what this information is telling me, right? Right. Uh, Not that I heard at a conference or at, you know, talking to some friends that this property loading is good or like the cost of casing is roughly this much. Like, let me look at the information, make that decision. And, and like, you know, de-risk a lot of these decisions. So I think it's definitely becoming more and more widespread. But, uh, you know, leading with that effort and like show me the evidence more mm-hmm. so than, oh, 
I think I know this is how the industry works. Like right. that change, I think is is big. Yeah, what we tend to do as humans, a lot of times, and and it's funny because the smarter people are, the more they tend to do this, which is um, they take a little bit of data and then extrapolate intuitively everything from that, right? So you say, okay, like like I did some research. Mm-hmm. I looked at three things, and I think I'm smart enough to I know how this story ends, exactly. right? Yeah. And and it's true because you know as humans, we do have remarkable ability to like intuitively extrapolate stuff. But what about the, what about the people who say, who say, okay, um, I try, I've tried to do this data driven stuff you're talking about, but uh, we can never get the data. We can never get the right data. It never gets to me in time. I never understand it when I get it. Like, like, so, uh, you know, if I, if I waited on that, I, I would never make any decisions. So that's why I just make the, the decisions yeah. the way I do. And I think that's, that's, that was a valid, valid issue to, you know, in our industry. And, I'm sure, uh, as you um, are intimately aware, there is this boom of energy tech that's come up, right? Yeah. yeah. A lot of that there's is a, driven there's by... There's a podcast about it, <laughs> exactly. from what I hear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and energy tech startups, right? Very focused on that element. Right. Because you've got these small companies trying to solve these niche problems, right? Oh, uh, you don't... Uh, it's difficult to do the tank of analysis of 600 wells? Well, here's a thing that does it in one click, right? Right. Your production... It doesn't do anything else. Yeah, it does, it does that. does that, right? right? And yeah. there, there has also been, uh, like... The evolution of the energy tech industry has been really interesting to watch because there's this evolution of like these niche products coming up, solving those problems, and you know, like any industry, there's successes and failures, and then the successful ones, there's like consolidation, right? Let's for offer the one-stop shop solution so you can do everything in one place. So yeah, yeah, yeah. there's definitely you know that element into uh, that has helped into this data-driven decision making because all of the points that you rate completely valid. It's, yeah. it's not well, just give me data and I'll solve it. Yeah, you need yeah. it to be accessible. It's funny. It's funny you, you mentioned that because it, there was even just a few years ago, what was much more common in the industry when it comes to software and 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 all you know various technical workflows and things was what was prevalent was one product that does everything mm-hmm. right. Like the like uh, I was working in like the geoscience world. I, I wasn't actually doing geoscience. We would be in trouble if that were if that were <laughs> happening. But I was working in that world and getting to know some of those products, right? Like yep. the big heavy hitters, like Petrel and and land, uh, Decision Space and uh, the, the the Paradigm stuff. Yeah. Um, and I remember asking like people, okay, so Petrel, what does it do? Well, I didn't really have time for the answer, right? Because there's because and the answer is like, well. You so know, much. <laughs> <laughs> let me show you the menu system, right? Yeah. We'll start there, and and it has and 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 that like moving away from the behemoth all-in-one solutions, um, and the, and people predicted that this would happen, and yeah. it's come true, which is that now we really look for things that um, uh, that you know kind of little, very smart <laughs> ways of addressing uh, like atomic problem yeah. sets, right? Exactly. And then and then we have ways of putting those all together yeah. into a. And the element of like digital transformation and the entire industry's data infrastructure moving into cloud, uh, and you know those certain networks have allowed us to have very strong interconnectivity between those discrete yeah, elements. Right. So it becomes a pseudo behemoth product, but it's very right. plug and play, and, and it's much easier to pull pieces out and put exactly. right exactly. And that was what we couldn't do back in olden times. Connecting a whole bunch of things together was was a huge nightmare. Oh, right? I remember when uh, the Petrel license used to come in a flash drive, like they would mail it to you. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, the, the <laughs> dongle. Was yeah, the, like dongle. A, the dongle. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, 
Yeah, I have a funny story about uh, about the dongle that I can't tell you on the show, but I'll tell you okay. afterwards. So, um, uh, so all right, we're a little off. We're getting a little off track. So let's come back to this data decision <laughs> decision uh, driven data. So, so you've been um, let's, let's maybe we're talking about it in the abstract. Let's put it in a. Uh, specific context, which it just so happens, uh, you have a product. That, yeah. that, so let's let's look at it in that context. Um, what is so? It's Open Insights, mm -hmm. right? Um, is the name of the product. W what is it doing exactly? Sure. So, Open Insights it sits on top of our uh, Open Invoice platform, and Open Invoice is uh, the invoicing solution. It processes uh, you know roughly two hundred billion dollars of spend throughout its network, which right. is about. 80% of North American oil and gas spend that flows through it, right? So you have all this information flowing through it and Open Insights sits on top of it like an analytical engine that takes all that unstructured data of basically invoices, you're writing sentences about what they supplied or what sure, service yeah, was yeah. done and then converts that in, in a way that it's easy to consume for customers. So going back to that keyword, if you're making data-driven decisions, it doesn't take you six months to get to your data-driven decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, the, so the AI, um, or, the, or you didn't actually say AI, but that's where my head it was is. going. Yeah. Um, the ability to, I mean, that was for many years, for decades, mm -hmm. one of the big uh, uh, obstacles is the amount of unstructured data that's really in this industry. It's, Absolutely. It's, um, and, and people don't always understand this, and I've, and I've learned, like, on the, con on the consulting side, I've worked with software tech companies mm -hmm. that are trying to kind of come into oil and gas and add this vertical to their business, right? Yeah. And they don't, one of the things that they don't always get or they just don't realize coming in is that most of our data is not in rows and columns, right? It's not. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's not. And, and that's always like a little bit of a, hmm, you know. Well, I guess what the, the surprise isn't that we have unstructured data. The surprise is how much of it and how much of it drives the business, right? Absolutely. It's a tremendous amount. And I mean, it, you know, the in in the process of building open insights we we were able to tie in so many different you know data technologies together to be able to create this um sort of enterprise because as you mentioned the data is so unstructured right yeah we yeah. had to get to a point where we were we which we currently are we built an in-house system uh, to ocr all of these attachments of these invoices sometimes right so the supplier would just say see attached invoice great for an approval process really not so great if i'm trying to do analytics on it yeah, it yeah. just says see attached invoice i'm yeah. like great i know nothing yeah. <laughs> so then we created basically the ocr algorithm that sees the attached invoice scans it identifies text on that image converts it back into digital information and then we push it through our ai algorithm which you know puts that data into these buckets or categories and then attaches attributes to it so this whole enterprise has like seven, eight models built into it to do those very specific tasks. So what's the, um, I mean, and that is remarkable um, to be able to do that. Um, what, what, what's, the, what's the body of work? What goes into figuring out saying, okay, and this, this is of no use to our audience at all, but I think it's, <laughs> I'm curious. What, like, so you sit down and you say, okay, I want to build a bunch of algorithms and yeah. like smarts that's going to go and be able to read anybody's invoice mm -hmm. and turn it into data. Like, like, where do you even start with that with yeah. that type of a project? You know, uh, a lot of uh, 
foolish optimism <laughs> to begin with. <laughs> yeah, it helps if you don't really know what you're yeah, getting into. Yeah, if you're just right. like going, you know, yeah, I heading can do, into it. No problem. <laughs> Absolutely. No, but like from a standpoint of, you know, what most important thing is to lay out that structure, right? Where, what's the end goal and where are we starting from? And right. how do I get from A to Z? Right? Yeah, yeah, okay. So, and that that's when you start. Kind of like the right way to do any project. Exactly. Yeah, but like yeah. you start from like, then you're like, okay, I want to, let's say, just as an example, let's take a hypothetical invoice that contains completion information, right? Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. pressure pumping invoice. It contains the pumping charge, the propent chemicals, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. So we start off and like, what I want to do is attach every category to what those line items are and the attributes so I can get to unit price analysis. That's the end goal. Yeah. I want my customer to be able to figure out what's the average price of propent, what's the average price of chemicals, what's the average pressure pumping charge, right? Right, right, right. I have this PDF. That's I have to get That's from right. A to Z. Right? right, right. And you have and you have a PDF that represents one company's invoice format. Exactly. Right? And, there's and they're, <laughs> and they're and all exactly the same. No, yeah. it's just it's, <laughs> yeah. it is. Uh, yeah. It's just all different in all different senses of it. But so we start from there, and like you know, you attack each problem at a time. So first problem, as I mentioned, OCR. How do I convert this into digital text? So we we looked at a few external vendors, but we finally came down to building. Uh, you know stuff internally, and you know uh, personally, I you know it's it's uh, I feel very lucky to work at a company where this expertise is so widespread. Right, we had experts who built something that was uh, working, and we are tracking out OCR right now, like pulling PDFs at more than ninety eight percent accuracy. And so wow. there's yeah. like one aspect of human element that goes into reviewing maybe one to two percent of line items. Yeah, but yeah, the OCR yeah. is automatically pulling with really gotcha. high accuracy. Right, right. So now I have digital text. Right now, I have these lines, unstructured data. And I'm like, well, I don't. The computer doesn't know if it's right. completion spent or not, right? right? AI is essentially creating yeah. an algorithm. It could that, be Beatles lyrics, <laughs> exactly. for all, right? You have no idea. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes they they do look like <laughs> that. Uh, the the job of the AI model is to replicate what a human would do, right? So right. I'm like, okay, I have these line items. I got to first put them into buckets or add categories, and then I'm going to add properties. And the easiest way I sort of explain it uh, when I'm talking to customers about this is. Categories are like calling a car, a sedan, a truck, sure. an SUV, yeah, yeah, and yeah. attributes are like, what's the engine power, what's the wheelbase, right, right, things like right, that, right? Right, right? So I'm gonna start by, all right, this line is pressure pumping, this line is chemical, this line is that, and that's done by something called natural language processing, right? where we take basically unstructured text and put that into different categories. So once you have that, then you attach properties, and you create a delivery mechanism so that someone can then, after all of this is done, just go select completion, average cost, and this whole process runs, and they get their average amount. Yeah, fascinating. So, um, so it's all the it's all. So you're describing all the bits and pieces of of of, of tech that we talk about a lot. Mm -hmm. It's about how do you take those right capabilities and plug them and kind of connect them together. And but but I have to ask. So, what if like. <coughs> So you, so so eventually you figured out how to translate all the different invoice mm -hmm. types that everybody has, right? Like if somebody changes their invoice format, does that break your system? Uh, you know, luckily not, uh, because it, I think it starts from two primary reasons. Firstly, uh, we are not trying to create a system that's hard-coded on current invoice structures, right? It's more abstract. It's finding those texts. Unless okay. like somebody starts reporting their invoices in, you know, Cantonese, then we'd have to figure out a language translation system. <laughs> and that might happen, but sure. as long as it's reported as a line item with a price item to it, which is as it is the basic requirements of being right, 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 it, right, right, right. we'll be able to, You'll be able to do it. All right, so interesting, because you know, what it made me think about is like back in 
back in olden times when we used to do um, in my my early like systems consulting days, mm -hmm. and you know a lot of projects were um, like enterprise integration projects, right? You're you're integrating these systems with those systems, and you got to get the data, or maybe you're building a new application. Yeah. But in order to do that, you got to connect to other things, and and you know particularly problematic was the third party things. Like let's say there's a connection to bank data that needs to yeah. come in, and you build the whole you build the whole integration and everything else, and then and and I know that that these aren't that we have modern ways of dealing with mm -hmm. this now, but but back then. If the bank changed th like their data structure even by one tiny bit, um, like it broke your whole integration, yeah. and, and they would never tell you before they did it, right? Because you're a third party, so they don't, right? And um, I mean, that's something that still happens in our industry, and I think that's where being at Inverest, we had that advantage. So I'll give you a quick example, which I think a lot of listeners would be familiar with: Frac Focus, right? Right, right. right. Uh, companies love to mess around with the way they report that information. When we were initially pulling that information, I think back in 2011, 12, it was a similar structure to that, right? Yeah. Here yeah. is where everything's reported, and then they like mess it up, and you're like, all right, there's no data flowing in, so you have to re right, right. refactor everything, right? But through those learnings over time, we like figured out ways to, you know, be sort of insulated from those changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those are the learnings that we were able to translate kind into this self-healing sort exactly. of. Exactly. Yeah, 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 that's good. All right, so so we covered that. Where, what else? Um, all right, so let's let's talk about, uh, um, you know, kind of what comes out the other end. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, uh, so we get this connected up. We got, we got your fancy invoice reader turning everything into yeah. data, things like that. Um, now, like like now what like how do I put that to work for me in yeah. my in my operation? Yeah, uh, and I think that that's where the uh, that's where you know uh, the whole idea of digital transformation not being so familiar with supply chain is its own big challenge. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because it's coming up, and there are companies. Uh, you know, you've mentioned uh, one of your partners, Data Combo, is also involved yeah, yeah. in something like that. We are doing ex a lot of work in that space, and so uh, you know you've seen these changes coming in. But at the end of the day, the end users are still like. Oh, that's I. We don't work like this, right? Yeah. It's completely different from how they. A right. lot of them work now. Uh, you know, given that there are few companies out there that are very advanced from a standpoint of leveraging digital transformation in the supply chain, but a majority of them aren't that way, right? Right. And so that's another challenge of like, you know, you go out and explain this algorithm and how it spits out. Like, great. How do I use it? Yeah. Right. What do I do with it? Now I know this unit price. Like, how does it help me? Right. 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 And so that's where we've uh, worked with our customers on bridging that gap. Right. So, as an example, you want to go and source a particular product. You're going to ask for RFQs. Like, go out to the market, go out to your vendors, get those prices sourced. Right. You get. You look at those numbers. They'll be probably. You know, let's say it's propens or whatever it is. It's ranging from let's say ten dollars to eighteen dollars in the quotes that you are. And so you're looking at that, you're looking at other aspects of like transportation costs, logistics, you're talking to your engineers, figuring out what they need. And then basically you kind of make that decision from those eight or maybe you'll call a few people in the industry to figure out if that price mm -hmm. range is okay. And that's, that, you know, it's, it's very uh, focused or like with blinders on, you're looking at the very specific things that you're right, looking right, at. Right, right, right. Whereas now you take that pricing information and you put it in context of like four years of history. Like, hey, this is how this exact thing has priced over the last four years by mm, these vendors. Right, right, right. Right? Uh, now it, you get a lot more context. Like, wait, why is everyone pricing me 30% up or like 20% up or like 20% down? Great. I'm getting a better deal, right? Yeah, yeah. 
but you don't have that context if you don't have that you know context of the market and things like that so okay so so but so on that track how does that context <laughs> help me so so now i know that i'm getting a good deal or i'm getting shafted but what do i do because that's the price do yeah. I, does it does it does it give me tools to negotiate with or do i get to kind of call go call bs on these like what like what happens in like the real world yeah absolutely and so you know the same thing happens uh, i think we've seen sort of a similar trend to what we saw in the upstream operations when like the production and all this data start being more digitally available right mm -hmm. it's that if if you know, you're the operator and I'm the vendor and you come with this data to me and you're like, well, you know, this is a bad deal. What are you doing, right? And it's like, wait, well, you know, there is no way for me to sort of communicate the explanation there, right? But with this sort of transparency, with the indexes that we spoke about last time and this transparency in the data, it opens up a much more fair dialogue between them, right? Gotcha. We've seen casing prices pick up in most basins, right? Uh, if you just got that number from the RFQ, you'd be like, you know, this this vendor is shafting me. Like, this yeah, is, this yeah, is yeah. not, okay, yeah, why right, are my prices right. so up? But when you have that information and that sort of democratization of this data set, uh, what you can have is a very open dialogue with the vendor, and the vendor can have the same open dialogue with the supplier, uh, with right, the operator, right. like, hey, steel prices are through the roof. Yeah. I can't really supply you casing at the same price, and that's why this price is at this point, right? And right. that open dialogue really helps build trust, build relationships, and it goes back to my point of, like, it's data-driven decision-making, but this it has to work with relationships, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good point. Um, I mean, and, and these, these are the kind of things that um, help the industry to be... Um, all right, let me, let me say this a different way. So we, we've always been... So companies in oil and gas, whether it's operators or service companies or whatever, have always been very competitive-minded. Yeah. And... Um, and so, the, so everything is always with the view of competition mm -hmm. between the parties, right? Even when they collaborate on projects, <laughs> they're still, right? Uh, they're still very careful about what data they share and things like that. Um, but now, and I've said this on a couple of episodes for both shows, I think, but it's it's sort of like we're now in kind of a new age where like the industry itself is competing right mm -hmm. sort of with like for its own right to, yeah. to continue on and be effective and 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 there's more and when we talk about transition it's not just transition to new forms of energy like the industry is going through transition in terms of how how it works and how efficient it is and things yeah like that. and like but if we if as an industry we fail to be fiscally responsible you know we will lose out to other forms of energy right right, That's right. even if they're part of like if all companies let's say in 10 years become like nextera that other forms of energy are part of their portfolio yeah, you yeah, still yeah. want to run your operations as clean and tight as possible. Absolutely, yeah, that, that's that's right. And uh, this, and we talked about this in the other episode, right? About this this new idea of being fiscally responsible. It's kind <laughs> of, it's kind of uh, like, yeah, you. I mean, it's uh, well. The thing is, is that I think in the past, um, you know, there was there was so, there's so much money flowing, and there's so much, and people are much more focused on the opportunity cost, right? As opposed to, it's not like, like if I spend an extra $100,000 over here, <laughs> it doesn't really matter because I've got like a, a multi-hundred million dollar project at risk, yep. right? So, Absolutely. But, but, the, but the economics are different now, right? For sure. And I think uh, one of that is also because we've, 
we've explored a lot more of our resources on hand, right? You, yeah. You're more willing to take on a bigger risk, you know, hoping that the Delaware is going to be a big, massive basin before we found out that it was, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. But now we know. Now yeah. there are playbooks on how to develop a good Bakken asset, how to develop a right, good right, Eagle right, Ford right, asset. Right, right. So those yeah. economics are much more known. Yeah, yeah. So, um, okay, so you're out there. Uh, so so you're at Inveris. Inveris is in the business of, uh, so you have one product, right? Yeah. Which is Open Insights. You guys have other products and services and things. And um, and I got to believe that you're just sort of generally in the data world Absolutely, right yeah. now. Where where else? So besides, I, I know you love supply chain, but besides <laughs> supply chain, um, and this is a warm up for one of your panel questions yeah. later, I think. Where else do you see the, uh, uh, where's the biggest opportunity to, you know, as a petroleum engineer, like put that hat on, mm-hmm. where do you see the biggest opportunity to, to impact the business with this kind of w- way of working? I, I think the, the, the biggest, uh, the biggest opportunity for our industry is something that, uh, you know, we mentioned, it's about the interconnectivity between these discrete data sets, right? Mm-hmm. Supply chain, having the best analytics, great. Operations having the best analytics, amazing. Engineers having the best insight, great. Mm-hmm. But they sh- if they don't talk to each other, then you kind of miss out on a lot of opportunity there, right? If I have the best analytics in my supply chain group, but as a reserves engineer or a planning engineer, I'm still using basin averages to forecast my spending and field development, kind of missing the mark there. Right, right, right. right, If I have such high quality data on my per level basis through Open Insights, I want to connect it to my production information so I can get truly you know, cost normalized curves and truly understand where I'm spending what, how that impacts my company's bottom line, right? And so I think bringing those things together, bringing those silos together is is a huge opportunity because there's these independent spurts of development happening everywhere, but connecting them is is a huge opportunity for the industry. Yeah, yeah, no, I I mean, that has been the historical... Mm-hmm. challenge and now we've done it we've said we know so we need to talk about culture real quick because we talked yeah. about data we talked about silos remember i said we always like <laughs> you always end up talking about data uh culture and silos yeah. so we hit we hate data and silos um and we, well we did talk about culture right at the very beginning because yeah. you said you said people are like this is not how i work i'm not ready for this right so so uh, again it's not you know the, the technology which sounds like what you have is is pretty cool right yeah. and, and there's a tremendous amount of work that went into it. This Definitely. is why you don't want to try this at home, boys and girls. <laughs> um, but uh, but being able to actually put it to work for you is the. Are, are you seeing um, the product's been commercial now for a couple of years? I think. Yeah, right? a little yeah. over. Uh, I think a year and a half. Or and so you're seeing um, like you get real live customers who are Definitely. are seeing real benefits, right? Uh, you know, significant adoption more so than we initially anticipated. Uh, one of the initial pushbacks or questions we got from our customers when we explained them the process they're like no you didn't do that like <laughs> i can't believe this like yeah because yeah. it is such a daunting task right right uh, and you know uh, as in veris we made huge commitment for both resources and time to develop this we went through 500 something million rows of data to yeah. create those categories. Right? Yeah, buying oil decks was the easy part. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> it's that, doing something. And, right. and like a lot of times we, we talk to customers and they're like, you know, that, that doesn't sound reasonable. And I think the difference that, that has started to change significantly is that uh, some of our customers, they're like, well, you know, I would never do that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that makes perfect sense. If you're XYZ operator, yeah, yeah, then yeah. you're in the business of producing oil. Right, right, right. right. As in Veris, we're in the, produce, <laughs> in the business of data. So we will make the so, investment to create that. Yeah, so when I let you... Um, yeah, I always, I always uh, liken that to somebody who... Um, 
yeah, like the, like like the farmer who wants to build his own tractor. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, well, okay, but yeah. maybe you could let John Deere build your tractors for you. Exactly. Right? Like, I know you know exactly how you want your tractor to work. And then it, you know you may have some farmers who are like, well, I've tried to build a tractor, it doesn't work. <laughs> so I'm out here with my with my with my ox and my plow, yeah. right? But yeah. there has been a lot of change, especially with the industry coming back out. You know, finally we're all getting back out on the oil field again, the oil activity is picked up. There's been a significant change in the way companies are looking at something like this, yeah. right? Because they're like, all right, I haven't had a rig in a few months and the market seems all over the place because, you know, right. I don't know what's like, going I need on. help, right, yeah. 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 And so, so there's it, been a big, big shift from that Right, right, excellent. All right, good. Well, I think uh, that's probably a good place to, to wrap up. Plus, mm -hmm. we gotta have time to, Take a nap before the. Does, the. does the Canon have a nap room? I, don't I know. think they have a few empty offices. There, there's a shower. There are showers upstairs. Have you oh, ever wow. seen that? Like up, upstairs, they, mm. yeah, they got. So like, if you're, if you're just doing an all nighter, you can actually, you know, Perfect. shower. I'll just come in randomly as I'm coming here for the podcast. And uh, right, <laughs> and also I need a shower. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right, so we'll wrap up. Uh, People, if they want to learn more, obviously they go to Inveris, Inveris.com. Yeah. Um, not Embarrass. No. It's Inveris. And um, and you're very easy to find on LinkedIn. And uh, any, anything else interesting for people to have a look at to learn more about this sort of thing? Uh, I think, you know, uh, look at, uh, you know, on our website, uh, also look through uh, Open Insights and Open Insights Market Indices. I think that's really interesting, oh, yeah. the platform that it leads you to, because gives you context, not just about like, oh, what is my price is doing, but like a very holistic view on uh, how the overall market's trending. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, excellent. All right, well, good. Well, uh, Akash, thanks. And uh, no, thanks so much, we're, gonna, we're gonna take a, I, I, I got a few more things that I need to say to wrap this episode mm -hmm. up, and then uh, we will re reconvene later. It's gonna be upstairs in the Corva office. Oh, perfect. So our friends at Corva are letting us use their clubhouse, which, awesome. is, which is really fun. All right, great, thanks. Thank you. All right, there you have it, folks. Mr. Akash Sharma from a company called Inveris, uh, formerly known as Drilling Info. Uh, don't be fooled by the new name. They still have that wonderful green color that uh, you can spot from uh, pretty much any direction at, uh, at any event where they happen to be attending. Uh, but, but they do great stuff. Um, Let's see what else I got to tell you about. All right, we've got, uh, you, you, of course, you know that, surely you've heard by now that we're doing the OGGN happy hours, the legendary OGGN happy hours. We're just in Houston right now. We're looking at maybe how to get them into some of the other cities, but um, for now, if you're in Houston or you're visiting Houston, you happen to be here on the th last Thursday of any month, show up at the Cannon, something like around 6 o'clock in the evening, and um, just that's all you got to do. Just show up. Say you're here for OGGN. Uh, you might have to pay a little money at the door if you didn't get a ticket in advance. But uh, there's going to be food, there's drinks, there's a great panel. Um, it's just a great time to hang out and network with other people and, uh, and, and just be out there with some folks in the industry. The last two have gone uh, great uh, since we started them back up in June. And so we're just going to keep on going all year. It's going to be great. Um, also, go to OGGN.com and check out your... Um, yeah, not just uh, this podcast uh, is well. You're already listening to this podcast. So you don't. That doesn't matter. You got to go find out about the other podcasts, which are all hosted by uh, by our wonderful hosts. Uh, and there's a just a wide range of great topics focusing on oil and gas and energy. And you can go to the website oggn.com, uh, tap on the click on the tab that says um, 
Oh, they're not really tabs anymore. Do we still call them tabs? We don't call them tabs. Anyway, it says podcast. You go there, and and you see, like, whoa, look at these guys. They got all these podcasts. That's because we're a network, and uh, you can also so you can learn about the podcast there, and then you can link out, you know, to listen to them on whatever whatever platform that you want. We're on we're on all the big ones. We're on all the big platforms, and uh, you can you can also there's actually some little little write ups too on on each of the hosts. So if you're if you're you know if you're if you're trying to prepare for the next OGG and Happy Hour trivia uh, giveaway at the end, um, you know, and, and you want to make sure that you know those trivia questions about our hosts, that's where you can go study up on that. Um, all right, that's it. I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Again, remember, Cognite, our sponsor, uh, go go show them some love. Look at their website. Find out what they're doing. Sign up to win the thing that I can't tell you what it is, but it's great. Uh, what else? Oh, and uh, don't forget to uh, to, if you're not already part of the street team, the OGGN Street Team, then go check, go to our LinkedIn and or I guess the Street Team has their own LinkedIn. Anyway, go to LinkedIn, look for OGGN, you'll find all this stuff. You can join the Street Team, you can keep in touch with us, you can find out what's going on, and where else are you going to go uh, for all this great uh, insight and activity in the industry? The answer is nowhere. So that is going to do it for today. Uh, remember, as I have been uh, saying for a long time now, um, you know this is the tech show. We talk about technology and oil and gas. We've been doing technology and oil and gas for a long time. So the next time your your uh, your buddies uh, or whoever it is that you're hanging out with says uh, says I oil and gas, people are kind of behind the times. You don't really keep up with the technology. Just uh, give them give them the history lesson and tell them about how we were tech before tech was cool. Check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of Oil and Gas Tech Podcast. A production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.